There's power in the name of. There's healing in the name of. There's salvation in the name of. The Bible says that demons tremble at the sound of that name. Jesus. Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Louis Intefel of the Anacazo Assembly Cathedral of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Intefel is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Anacazo Assembly Cathedral of Fakor Katwa. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God followed with miracles, signs and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Opportunity that we have to be in your presence. Thank you for guidance, wisdom. Thank you for um, all that you have in store for us this week. Lord Jesus, you said, I will build my church. The church is your church, and you know how to build. As we have come to your presence, we pray in the name of Jesus that you guide us into all truth and teach us how to build your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Church growth, it is possible. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to leave here by Friday knowing, believing, understanding, and accepting that it is possible to see your church grow. Hallelujah. You know, many pastors are discouraged. If you like, check on the internet. In America, you see hundreds of pastors resigning. You know, every year. I, I don't know how the situation is uh, in Europe, uh, Bishop Isando, uh, but many pastors are discouraged. You see, because it is the way of every pastor to be used greatly by God. Amen. How many of you want to be used greatly by God? Yes. You know, and you see that a pastor has been in the ministry for 15 years and the church has 25 members. Alright? We have a pastor sitting right here. Okay? Where is Pastor Papa? Where is Pastor Papa? Alright? Stand up. Okay? This one. The ministry was how many years? 21 years. With how many members? Sorry? Seven members. No, last year he, was it last year that he shared a testimony here? Those of you who are here. Alright? And then he started coming for church growth conference about, I think, three years. Now, how many branches do you have? 22 branches. How many members do you have? Wait. This year we moved to about 3,000 in terms of outreaches. I, I don't know why you're not appreciating God. 
Can you see that? 21 years. The reason why I call it, he stood there. He shared over. I don't know what happened to your last year. He shared it. Okay. And now he has 22 branches. Okay. Because one of the keys that he learned for church growth is planting churches, which I'll be talking about this week also. You know. And now, what he puts is, you know, congregation together, not less than 3,000. So church good, it is possible. God bless you. And I don't want you to resign. Amen. I said, I don't want you to give up. Because after this Friday, you are entering into a new phase of your ministry. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said, after this Friday, you are entering into a new phase of your ministry. Your church that has not seen growth all these years is going to explode. An anointing for explosion is coming upon your life. Coming into your ministry. In the name of the Lord Jesus. If you believe it, give me a believing amen. Yeah. But I tell you, it is not a simple thing to grow the church. But it is possible. So, the theme for this conference, all right, is this book that my pastor has written and my father in the ministry, Bishop Dahl. Church growth, it is possible. It is possible means that, yes, it is difficult. And, and, and I don't need to explain to you how difficult it is because we are all pastors. If it were not difficult, you'd not be sitting down here. Yeah. It is difficult. It is not easy. But it is possible. It is possible. It is possible to see your church that has 10 people go to 50 people 100 people, 200 people, 300 people, uh, 500 people, 700 people, 1,000 people. This year, I am giving all of you a vision. And the vision is that in your lifetime as a pastor, you are going to believe God to personally plant at least 100 churches. And pastor a congregation of at least 1,000 members. Is it a good vision? Is it a good vision? Yes. Uh, that in your lifetime, before you fall into the grave, God will use you to plant 100 churches. Amen. Hmm? And then pastor a church. A church. That is the, the church. What you count the attendance, the people sitting down there. Minimum 1,000. And then also to build at least 10 church buildings. 
Hallelujah. It is possible for the church to grow. That is why I don't want you to resign. I don't want you to be discouraged. You have seen a pastor, you know, and he inherited the ministry from his father. His father was in the ministry for 29 years, 25 years, seven months. But that ministry today has 23,000 members. It's a blessing to see it. Hallelujah. So how many of you are not going to resign? So that is why we are here from now to Friday. And I don't want you to miss any of the sessions. And I want you to be strong. Thou therefore, my son, endure hardship as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to be strong because we are going to be here for a long time. Amen. All right. What a morning session. We go into the afternoon, take a little break, we come in the evening and then we continue. For four days, God is going to do something about your situation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why must your church grow? Your church must grow because that is the will of God. That is the will of God. A pastor must have the heart, the mind, and the vision of God. A pastor must have the mind, the heart, and the vision of God. And what is the heart of God? What is the heart of God? God wants to save all men. Hallelujah. First Peter 2 4. First Peter 2 4. God wants to save all men. Why is um, Reverend Sammy? Is somebody taking care of our brothers? Or taking care of them? And I like to meet with them uh, during the break, okay? You're welcome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First Timothy, first Timothy, first Timothy 2 4. Watch this. Who have all men to be saved? Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth? Reverend Eric Asari, approach the bench. Hallelujah. Give me another translation. He wants not only us, but everyone saved. You know, there are more than 7 billion people in the world and God wants everyone to be saved. Pastors, is it clear of us? 
I'm trying to explain to you why must your church grow. Your church must grow because God's mind, God's vision is to save the whole world. To save the whole world. God wants all men to be saved. I hear the population in our Christ about 5 million. So God wants 5 billion people in Accra to be saved. He doesn't even want one person to be lost. Look at 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness. But it's long-suffering to us, or to us, what? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God does not want any to perish. So what does that mean? If God wants the whole of Accra, five million people, to be saved, then our churches cannot be small churches. Then our churches cannot be small churches. There will be no church in Accra here that will have enough space to contain the people who enter the church. Recently, I was uh, teaching you know, some church leaders, and I showed them uh, church growth in a certain church. The church started with a few members and grew until it was having services in five stadiums. And that was not enough. In that country, there were only five stadiums, and they filled all. They started stadium number one, filled it. Stadium number two, filled it. Stadium number three, filled it. Stadium number four, filled it. Stadium number five, filled it. And now there was no space. So, do you know what they did? They went to look for a bush and cleared it the size of 11 football fields. So, like a class four stadium times 11. That's where the church is. That's where the church is. That would be your story. I said that to be your story. Receive that grace. So I want you to immediately change your mind. Immediately, I want you to correct your mind that as you are sitting in your church for seven years and you have 70 members, okay? That is not the will of God. That is not the will of God. The will of God is that you have a large church. A large church. Because God wants to save everybody. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 
14, verse 23. Then I can't just start. Again, look at 14, look at 16. 16, verse 23. Or 14, 14, 23. 14. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. That my house may be filled. God's will is that his house, which is your church, will be filled. Yes. And some of you, even though your church is full, eh, it is not full. It's good to see you, lady, apostle. Yeah. Amen? Even though your church hall is full, you don't have a big church. In 2001, I inherited a church. Now, this was a church that was started by my company. And we sent him, later when he became a pastor, we sent him to go and start the church. He started it, and after 10 months, he died. And the bishop called me and he said, look, he was your son. So go and take over and continue it. When I arrived the first Sunday, the church was full. It was full with people sitting outside. You understand? I'm trying to explain that I want your mind to change. Because some of you, you feel that you have, your church is full. But I'm trying to show you that your church is not full. You think that your church is large, but it's not large. This church was full of people sitting outside. I counted the people. One, two, three, four. Plus the people sitting outside, about 20 or 25 people. Do you know why it was full? The meeting place was like from here to here. So when you are sitting in a small classroom, and there's an overflow, it does not mean that you have a mega church. But you see, you are very happy. That is not what God wants to do with you. Where you are now, God wants to give you times 1,000. Receive times 1,000 in the name of Jesus. I will never forget that church. (laughs) Yes. Many of you are happy. Do you get it? As I've been preaching on church growth, one of the things that I've come to see, which accounts, one of the main reasons why churches are not growing, 
is because the pastors are happy with what they have. They are happy with what they have. I mean, he has 45 members. It's an offering. He can pay himself, pay his children's school fees. You know, I mean, he has somewhere to live. And that is it. Doesn't pay that much. But the ministry is not about you. The ministry is about Jesus dying on the cross for the whole world. It's not about your personal spirit. It's not about what you can eat. Your personal, you know, employment. No. It's about souls and 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 souls. Entering into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. It's not about you. So have the mind of God. And the mind of God is that is how you'll be filled. Filled. Amen? Not until you have seen, I'm charging you that after this conference, I'm not allowing you to go and sleep. Not until you have seen at least 1,000 people sitting in your church on a Sunday. And not until you have planted at least 100 branches and not until you have built at least 10 church buildings I deprive you of sleep from today in the name of Jesus you didn't say amen the only group of people who it seems are not worried about results professions strive for proficiency abundance in achievement in results banks are trying to make as much profit as they can when you are a football striker you're a football striker what we want you to do is to score as many goals as possible. Yeah. That is why you see that a football striker, eh? a football team in France, Paris Saint-Germain, they bought a Brazilian star, Neymar. Is it 200 and something million euros. One person. One person. Get all this money. Why? We want you to put the ball into the net as often as possible. And so you see that such a person, when he gets the ball, 
He's not thinking about anything. He's thinking about putting the ball into the net. That is his work. We must understand our work. The church is the only organization that the Lord Jesus Christ has mandated to go after the salvation of the souls that he died for. And not a few of them, but all of them. God has called you into the ministry as an agent, his agent. His agent to look for souls. Just like there are football agents who go about looking for good players. Ours is to look for souls and to bring in abundance of souls into the kingdom of heaven. It is this type of understanding that will let you grow your church. Without that, without that, I mean, once, like I said, you can look after yourself in the ministry. That is it. But the ministry is not and has never and will never be about your personal well-being. Just last week, last week or last two weeks, my pastor, Bishop Dad, was traveling on dangerous roads. Mm. Dangerous roads. In the northern part of Ghana, Kwame Danso, Ejura. I think when they were, the, 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 the facility was moving from, I think, Kwame Danso to Ejura, one of those, you know, there was a stretch attainable to Kwame Danso. Now, 36 kilometers. It took them five hours. It took them five hours. It took them five hours. Can you imagine that? Five hours to travel a 36 kilometer road. That's how bad the roads are. How dangerous. Sometimes going through, you know, pools of water or rivers or whatever. For days, he was there moving in those areas, dark places. The politicians don't go there. They only go there during elections. They don't care. Now, why will he be going to such a place and such places? Bishop Dakwad Mills, what else do you want? God has used you to build a truly international ministry in over 90 countries. Thousands of churches. Thousands of churches. Thousands of members. Thousands of pastors. You should be sleeping. No, you should be sleeping and enjoying. But what will cause a man in spite of this 
And apart from all this, to be endangering his life in such places is what I'm talking to you about. It's not about your life, but it's about souls. 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 Hallelujah. That is what you let your church do. This understanding. So you realize that when you sit in a church and the membership is 50, you say, no, 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 no. It cannot be 50. It cannot. It cannot. It cannot be 50. When you move to 100, you said, thank God for 100. But it cannot be 100. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Dr. Young Cho. When we attend his church growth conferences in Korea, on one of the days, till Friday, we go for what is called a prayer rally, where he gathers 150,000 of his cell leaders. 150,000. But he says something that as the church was growing, get to 50,000. And the Lord will tell him, if you can believe for 100,000. Say, Lord, I believe. And the church will go to 100,000. And the Lord will tell if you can believe for 200,000, I will give you 200,000. Yeah. God would give you the growth, the increase, if you have his mind and if you want it. If you have his mind and if you want it. But the point I'm trying to make is that many of us, we are very happy with a small church. And we say to ourselves, look, when we are small, the fewer the merrier. We know ourselves, you know, we all attend each other's funerals. We, we remember each other's birthdays, you know, and all that. Are you getting that? But it's not about that. It's not about that. It's not about that. Your church must build a New Testament church. As a New Testament church, when Jesus ascended, all right, one twenty of his disciples went to the upper room to pray for the Holy Spirit. On the day that the Holy Spirit came and filled them, and they stood and preached. Lunching the church. 3,000 people. Acts chapter 2 and verse 41. 3,000 people were added to the church. From 120 to 3,000. That will be your story. I said, That will be your story. I said, That will be your story. 
Acts chapter 2, verse 44. Acts chapter 4 and verse 4. 5,000. 5,000. Were added to the church. Acts chapter 5. From about verse 12. Look at it. Acts 5. And the hands, and the hands, and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yes. And of the rest does no man join himself to them, but the people magnify them. Now watch this. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men. In one twenty, three thousand, five thousand. Now we are talking about multitudes. By Acts chapter 6, Acts chapter 6 and verse 1, the Bible says, and when the number of the disciples multiplied, Acts chapter 11 and verse 21, look at it. Acts chapter 11 and verse 21. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. I don't know whether you are seeing what is happening in the Bible. But this is this picture, we are not seeing it. We are not seeing this church, this picture in our churches. And it is the same Holy Spirit that orchestrated that God, which is who is with us today. That's not change. Or we have a different type of Holy Spirit. Yeah. By Acts chapter 13 or Acts chapter 14, the whole city. Was gathering. Was gathering. I see multitudes entering your church. Receive multitudes in your church. Receive multitudes in your church. Receive multitudes in your church. Your church is moving from 30 to 50, from 50 to 70, from 70 to 120, from 120 to 250, from 250 to 400, from 400 to 500, from 500 to 700, from 700 to 1,000, from 1,000 to 2,000. You are moving to 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000. Receive it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Church growth. I cannot hear you. Church growth. It is possible. It is possible. Yeah. Hey, your church is going to grow. You didn't hear me. I said your church. That church. That church. That's why we are here. That's why you're here. This is not a, a, a financial conference marital conference or business entrepreneurship uh, you know fellowship. no 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 this conference is about only one thing how can we grow our churches several years ago I told you know my father in the ministry bishop that because you see he has written so many books and he preached on so many different ministry areas and I said bishop I feel like this area the church greatness 
that you have preached on this morning. I feel I want to take it and emphasize it. We've been doing that for the past nine days. Hallelujah. But you see, it's like poverty. For as long as your mind works in a certain way, you'll be poor. One of the, one of the things that make people poor is that they feel that when you are poor, you are humble. Do you, you get it? Yeah. But, but in Africa, when you see rich people, they don't look humble. When you go to Europe and America, and you see rich people, you, you know, a real billionaire is sitting here. He's sitting there. There's nothing billionaire about him. So rather, the rich are rather humble. Africa, small, you know, small, this we all can see right now. For as long as your mind is working in a certain way, all right, you'll be poor. That's how change works. I want you, that is why, that is why. You see, there are three books that I always say you must all have. I'm sure now you all have them, but if you don't have them, get them. All right, so there are three books on the mega church to grow a large church. Number one is church planting because you must plant the church. Okay? And number two is the mega church. How to make your church grow and then church growth. It is possible. Now, one of the things that you find out from this book is when Bishop Dad teaches about a condition that is needed for the church. He calls it the burning vision. The burning vision. The burning vision. Your church will never grow until you have the burning vision. You see your church You see, what is a burning vision? It is, it's that strong desire. That strong desire. Eh? That strong desire to see your church grow or your ministry grow. And that desire consumes you. It eats you up completely until you sleep, mega church. You dream, mega church. You wake up, mega church. Eh? You are buffing, mega church. You are walking, mega church. Driving, mega church. Sitting in your office, mega church. You are consumed by that desire. It becomes 
the burning vision becomes the internal engine, the internal engine that that drives you. But you don't have money, you don't have a car. Walk from Dansuman to Medina. Now you walk to go and visit her. And and you are drenched in your sweat, cleaning your face. And when we meet you that what is oh I'm doing prayer, prayer works. I'm doing prayer works. You don't feel tired. On about three occasions, you were nearly knocked down by a car, by a motor. Once you felt that you just cleaned yourself. Yes, the guys, I'm so so. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's, it's nothing. It's nothing. That desire. You see, because when you fantasize about her, see her, imagine her, that this lady, one day, the two of you, you'll be in the same house. This is your wife. This, this, this lady. There is nothing else. I mean, no. When you go and visit her, you spend three hours. Then she will say, Let me see you. From Medina, you'll be chatting until before you realize you have gotten to Okongwe Junction. They say, Oh, you have come too far. You tell her, You have come too far. Please. Go. As she goes, oh, I can't let you go alone like that. Let me also accompany you. And before you ride the whole day up and down, there is no pain in your leg. You are not tired. You are not hungry. Why? You see, that desire to win this lady has consumed you. But when it comes to the church, it's all of that. I dare ten people. You're okay. Ten people. You're okay, crap. Ten people for six months. You are, I mean, okay. You have church. A couple of years ago, a pastor attended this conference. He was an elderly man. And after that, he spoke to one of the pastors. And he said, this church. Yes. He said, he said, I thought I was doing church. You understand? So we come Pray, praise and worship. A little preaching. We go. We are doing church. We come again. You must pray. You must pray. For God to fill you with a burning desire to see your church grow. You see, I'm trying to explain to you that your church can grow, but but the heart is very important and the mindset for us a man is in his heart. So is 
church growth begins in the heart of the pastor. Church growth. It begins in the heart of the pastor. Yeah. There's a book that uh, right Ah, Art of Shepherd. There's a book that I like to recommend to you. The Art of Shepherd. Alright. And one of the things that we should not teach in this book is the heart of the shepherd. Heart of the shepherd. Yeah. Pastoring It has a lot to do with the type of heart that you Amen. So church God begins, it begins in the heart. The Bible says, God, your heart is all delivered. From for out of it, the issues If you have the message Bible, your rendition, give it. Watch this. Keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. That's where life starts. Life starts. So the growth of your church starts if you don't have a heart the church will never grow. If you don't have a strong desire the church will never grow. If you don't have a strong vision the church will never explode. Church growth doesn't come by osmosis. Osmosis is when a substance passes from area of high concentration and passes through a barrier and goes to the other side. Church God again. Look. Pastors. Actually, your church can finish. Your church can finish. You have thought that as the years go by, your church will grow. Okay, so 2016, your church was 20. 2017, it becomes 50. 2018, by the end of this year, it will be 120. It's not, it's not like that. By this year ending, the 25 members that you had in, in 2016 can be left with two or three. The church doesn't grow, you know, passively by osmosis eh, as the years go by. No. You need to do 
something about it. And the first thing for us a man is so I want you to go away from this sentence. Okay? Being consumed by church. Knowing that that is the way. Knowing that that is the New Testament part. Rabbanim. Hallelujah. So having just uh, you know wept your appetite a little with this. Alright. I now want to start to share with you from this moment so many things that we must do to experience good and truthfulness. Hallelujah. Amen. As I've been praying and been thinking about this conference, one of the things that I feel the Lord wants to do this year is to deal with the issue of barrenness. Barrenness. Hallelujah. Barrenness. So I want to be talking to you about how to come out of barrenness. Hallelujah. And you'll find this topic in this book. If you don't have a copy of this book, Church Planting, please make sure that you get a copy. Okay, the books are outside there before you leave. Amen. Now listen to this statement. When barrenness is taken away, fruitfulness is always the result. It's a good place to appreciate the law. When barrenness is taken away, huh? Fruitfulness is always the result. Barrenness is the number one cause for a lack of fruit. Yeah. Barrenness is the number one cause. Now, many pastors suffering from barrenness in the world. There are pastors who are barren. I'm not talking about biological. We are not dealing with biological barrenness here. If you want me to deal with that, I can turn suddenly, you know, because I have another side. I can turn into that. But now I'm talking as a pastor. 
Many pastors are barren and many and many ministries are barren. When you are barren, you can't produce. How many of you agree? When you are barren, you cannot produce. So one of the main reasons why ministries are not growing, churches are not growing, is because of spiritual barrenness. There is a condition called spiritual barrenness. And when it is there, you can produce. You can produce churches. You can produce members. You can produce ministries. You can plant branches. Your ministry does not grow. Hallelujah. But I believe that there's an anointing at this conference to break the spirit of barrenness in your ministry. Hallelujah. And by Friday, you are going to walk out of this conference with the spirit of fruitfulness and abundance in the name of the Lord Jesus. What has not grown is going to grow. What has not produced is going to produce. The spirit of barrenness is being broken in your life, in your ministry. That is why God has brought you here. Amen? Now, let's start with how to diagnose barrenness. Twenty definitions of barrenness. Twenty definitions of barrenness. Is it because even when I say that some of us are suffering from spiritual barrenness, some of you say that I don't think so. The reason why you don't think so is because you don't understand when I said you are barren. And you can never be able to do anything about a problem until you understand the problem. Yeah. Amen. So we need to understand this barrenness, what is it? So as I go through the definitions, I want you to look into your life. I want you to look into your church. I want you to look into your ministry and, and, and see. It. Ah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's what it means. Number one. And, and I can see you writing plenty. They're starting to write. You can all get the books. All right? You can all get the books. Listen rather a lot. Of course, you can write one or two things here and there. But look, I'm reading from the book. 
There's no secret. I'm holding the book and I'm reading to you. And the book is here, right here. Where's Pastor Emmanuel? Where is he? Where's the bookshop manager? Does he have the books? Yeah, so you can get it. So listen so that you can, but of course you can write one or two things here and there. Sometimes when you don't write, you, you sleep. So to keep you awake. But in terms of what I'm saying, what I'm saying, there's no secret. I'm, 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 I'm teaching you from chapter 12 how to diagnose barrenness. You see it. <laughs> you have this book? Yeah. So they can get it to buy. Yes. All right. At the bookshop. And then also outside. Good. So, 20, 20 definitions of barren. Number one, to be barren means to be unfruitful. When you are barren, you are not fruitful. Not fruitful means you have no fruit. You have no fruit. How many of you have planted a tree or something in your house? Eh? That as the years have gone by, there's no fruit. That tree is barren. So when you have no fruit in the ministry, recently I was talking to a keyboardist. It's an old keyboardist. Plays very well. Experience. And I told him, where are your fruits? Because I told him, I'm a pastor. Okay, by the grace of God, I can point to so many pastors that I've trained personally. Hundreds of them. So I asked, and a very experienced one. If he's here and he's playing, you, you understand what I'm saying? So where are your fruits? Who can you point to that? I trained this person. I trained this person. So I, I told him, you are barren. Number two, to be barren means to be sterile. You are sterile. You are sterile. You don't have what it means to produce conception. In the African context, when the woman cannot bring forth children, there's no children in the marriage, the woman is blamed. But it's not like that. 40% of the time, the problem is with the woman. Another 40%, the problem is with the man. Even though it's a man, he's walking around. And 20% of the time, you know, it's both of them or other causes that we don't even know. When a man releases his semen, it must contain space. And anything less than 40 million spence, that man will be sterile. 
He cannot produce. He's a man, all right, walking around in suit. But he is terror. So, pastor, you are walking in the church. You are preaching. You are praying. You are taking offerings. But if there is no fruit, no increase, there's no growth, there's no expansion, it is because you are staring. Wow. How many of you are here? Number three. To be barren means to be childless, hairless, and issueless. Abraham told God, but to me you have given no child. Except this Eliezer of Damascus. <laughs> Number four. Barrenness means you are non-productive. You are non-productive. Number five. To be barren means to be deficient in production. So, sometimes you produce but the, the produce is not much. So you are still barren. So, so the whole year, we are, we are already in September. In January, your church was 45. Now, as we are in September, your church now is 50. So you have produced. But you have produced five souls over nine months. That is deficient. Any company, Reverend Okosan is here, he will tell you that any company that this year has made only five Ghana cities profit has to be closed down. Yes. So, 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 listen, it's amazing. It's amazing. And, and, and when we get into how to come out of barrenness, how to treat barrenness, so, this year's conference, the Lord has brought us to a teaching hospital. Our problem is spiritual barrenness. And God is going to give us fertility treatment for us to go and bring forth. Clap your hands for the Lord. Yeah. I've just been thinking about what to talk about at this conference. And, you know, this is what the Lord is teaching us. God asked my father to teach him hospital. The point I was making was that you see, it is not enough to say uh, we have one souls. How many souls? How much is the church growing? You must be interested in that. Can't you see that Numbers are so important that in the Bible, a whole book is dedicated, dedicated to numbers. And we are told the number of everything. Yes. So as a person, you should be interested. How many souls have I added in the last one month? Yesterday, in the evening, I got a report 
from my administrator. Last Sunday's service, the report from the youth church to the adult church. Attendance. How many people attended? How many souls were won? How many children attended the youth church? All that. Every week we are interested. Every week we are interested to know. It's not just we have come to church. but, But you must be interested. What is happening? What is happening? What is happening? For example, we realized last Sunday that our attendance dropped. It it dropped by about, Pastor Sami, would that drop be about 200 people last Sunday? About 200. You see, we know. We know. We, we know. We don't just take it that, oh, we came to church. Last Sunday, we came to church. All right. and, and then in the, in the night, all right, we started analyzing. And, and one of the things we realized was that on the, on the Saturday, we had a big uh, youth program. The first that we have had, you know, in, in, in my, at my new cathedral. And all the pastors and all the workers were involved. You see? So by the Sunday, many people are tired. That's one of the reasons. But the point I'm making is that we, we, don't, we, we, know, we, we know that the attendance dropped and dropped significantly. When you go to church, do you know whether people came or came? That, oh, the church was full. The church was full. People came. How was church? Oh, people came. Yeah. Hallelujah. Number six. Barrenness means you are not conceiving at all or producing at all. So maybe you are here as a pastor. And you realize that you don't produce churches. You see, when I, when I also talk about barrenness, it also relates to the main church you are in and then also the expansion of your ministry. Because, because sometimes you can see that a pastor is in one big church. But apart from that one big church, there's nothing else. Yeah. So in terms of church planting, that pastor is not producing at all and so that pastor is barren. Several years ago, I had the privilege of following you know, Bishop Doug to a conference. Huge church. Huge. And I always remember one of the things that he said, the pastor. He said, you have a huge church and that is great. But you told the pastor, the influence of your church is within this area. That's it. And he asked the pastor, but what about the nation? But what about the nation? Today, that pastor has planted so many churches and is planting so many. He's all over the place. 
So you see, in terms of church planting, he has broken out of barrenness. And you are going to break out of barrenness. Receive the spirit of fruitfulness. Receive the spirit of abundance in the name of the Lord Jesus. So in this year, you have not added anybody to your church. And I can tell you that there are churches like that. Not even one person has been added. As it was in the beginning, in January, so it is. Wow. And, 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 and the pastor has not even noticed it. Because we are doing church. The days of just doing church end from this conference. You are going to rise up to become a mega church pastor. You are going to win souls. You are going to expand your ministry. You are going to grow your church. You are going to add on to your church. Hundreds, thousands, tens. Receive that in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen? Number seven. A barren person is someone who produces in very small quantities. Now this is a little better. At least you are producing. But you see, pastors, listen to me. In everything to make profit, what you get and what you spend must be such that you are always there's something left. You know, the dynamics of a church is such that people go out for the people. People, that is why you must have good data. You must have good data. People go out. People get transferred. People relocate. People get hurt and offended. You understand it? In all kinds of people change churches. All kinds of reasons. So many people go out. If your church is going to grow, all right, the number of people who come into the church must always be more than those who go out. Please, how many of you understand that? Do you understand that? Does it make sense? Yes. That is why you cannot produce only a little. You must produce a lot. Receive the anointing to produce a lot. Receive the anointing to produce a lot. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. In my new church that we started in January this year, every Sunday on the average, we have 50 converts on the average. And that is the low side 70, 100, 100 and something, 80. Every Sunday, including this Sunday that I said that, you know, the attendance was poor. You know, I have not asked uh, that figure. I've given to me. I've not had a look at it. But, you know, nothing less than about 40. 
which means that in a month, you are talking of at least 200 people, 200 converts. When you have 200 converts, and 100 people walk out of the church, you are left with 100. Let even 150 walk out. You are left with 50. 50 times 10 months, that is 500. That's how the church grows. But when you have a situation when every month 10 people walk out and you produce only 3, you are in minus 7. Every month minus 7. Every month minus 7. In 10 months, eh, you'll be minus 70. How much is your church left? Your church is finished. So, pastors, you know, that is why we are having this conference. This conference is church growth conference. Church growth conference. How to make the church grow. How to make the church grow. Give me that book. How to make the church No, the other one. The mega church. How to make your church to grow. Which means that, now if you say, how to make your church to grow, it means that you must do something about the church. For the church to grow. How many of you understand that? Uh-huh. You, you, you don't go and sleep and wake up and you think that the church has grown or will grow. It doesn't happen. You'll be sitting in your church until one day when you go, you'll be surprised that a church now has seven people. Where are the people? They have been going, going out, going out, going out, going out, going out, and you have not been adding because you are barren. Wow. I hope you are diagnosing barrenness in your life. How many of you have seen that challenge? The thing, ah, I'm in it. How many of you are in the message? If you are in the message, lift up your hand. Yes. And we are going to go deeper. (laughs) Next one. A barren land is a wasteland. A wasteland. A wasteland is a land where nothing grows. It's a wasteland. Like the Sahara Desert. When we are flying from Europe and we are flying over the Sahara Desert, you can fly over it, I think, for a couple of hours. Large! Nothing meaningful grows there. So some of us here, we have been in the ministry for 15 years. As for number of years, you have it. But in terms of what has grown, there is nothing. Yes, they are just judging by years. Oh. You've been around. But your ministry so far has been a wasteland. 
receive healing in the name of Jesus. May the may may heavenly fertilizer, may heavenly fertilizer receive heavenly fertilizer on your waist land the ministry in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Number nine. Barren trees do not produce the normal fruit. They don't. Number ten. Barrenness speaks of bleakness. When you say something is bleak, it's like no hope, no life, not much. Not much is supposed is expected. One time, God showed a man of God a church. He said, look at the church. Church has been there for a long time. Built small building. And the Lord said, the church will be like it. Bleak. No growth. No hope. Do you think that God called you into hopelessness? Do you think that God called you to waste your, your time? Hmm? God called you to just let you roam aimlessly with your life. You don't have anything to do with your life. You know, no. No. But I tell you, the ministry, you can come to that point. That is why pastors resign. Those of you who came late, I said, don't resign because church growth, it is possible. Church growth! Church growth! It is possible. It is possible. Yeah. You are going to see your ministry growing. God is going to give you a large ministry. I said, God is going to give you a large ministry. If a ministry after 19 years of having seven members can be blessed within a short period to have 22 branches 3,000 members there is hope for you I said there is hope for you there is hope for you there is hope for your ministry receive life into that ministry receive life receive life receive life receive life the life of the Holy Spirit. The life of the Holy Spirit. The life of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said it is the spirit that quickens it. That word to quicken means to, to bring life or to, to, to have life or to make alive. Any ministry here that has gotten to the point where you have declared that it is bleak, it is hopeless. I speak and I prophesy life. 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 Receive life. Your ministry has started germinating. I said right now as you are sitting down here, the ministry has started germinating. It has started germinating in the name of the Lord Jesus. It is sprouting. It is sprouting. It is sprouting. It is sprouting. It is sprouting in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Number 11. To be barren is to be depleted. To be depleted. To be depleted. 
To be depleted means they are holes now. Yeah. So maybe two years ago, you had 700 members. But before your eyes, right before your eyes, your church now has been depleted until now it is 150. That is barrenness. That is barrenness. You went once fruitful. Something has happened. Something has happened. Something has happened. Yes. Something has happened. Sometimes orangus. Do you know orangus? How many of you know orangus? Rebellious assistants, rebellious pastors, rebellious helpers eh, have caused the depletion. Taking your members and not ordinary members, the meaty, the meaty members. May the Lord deliver you from all such orangus in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeah? Anything that has caused and is causing the depletion in your ministry, in your church, we stop it in the name of Jesus. We stop it in the name of Jesus. We stop the bleeding. We stop the bleeding. We stop the bleeding. We stop the bleeding. bleeding. Amen. All right. But it is, it is not only spiritual things that can cause the depletion. Sometimes there are things that you are not doing that is causing the church to be depleted. For example, your style of leadership. Yeah. Your style of leadership. There are pastors who cannot be secured when important people are in their church. They can't handle doctors. They can't handle engineers. They can't handle lawyers. You know, because they feel that they are not educated, at least are educated. Yeah. So when they are speaking, eh, those of who are here, we think that they are, we have been to school. Eh? We have not been to school. It's not because of school that we are here. We are here because of the call of God. We are here because of power. You know, so things like that with time, it makes such people uncomfortable in the church. And before you realize, people that God has sent to you to be a blessing to your ministry, you become depleted of them. They just leave. You, 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 you cast your eyes around one day and then they are not there. When you sit in the church as a pastor and the offering baskets are put at the boot of your car, and you, are, you drive away every Sunday with your wife following it. You will become depleted of people who think deeply. When you are the senior pastor and you are the only person who drives a car and lives in a house, and all your assistant pastors are working and be working for the past 37 years. 
and living in shacks. Do you get it? Don't be surprised that you'll be depleted gradually. So they look at you and say, look, this guy, when we follow him, there's no hope for us. Ministry is not only by the anointing. For unto us, which believe, Corinthians 1.24, Jesus Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Ministry is both power and wisdom. One of the leadership principles that Bishop Dark teaches is do not use power without wisdom and wisdom without power. You must always combine them. Some of you have lost very important people who have held you because of your leadership style. Yeah? Sometimes even a young minister who is coming up with a special gift, you know, you realize that you are insecure. You are insecure. I cannot have another Goliath around me. Eh? But it takes Goliath to make you the greater Goliath. One of the things that Bishop Dad is always teaching us, especially the pastors, the, the, the senior pastor and the bishops. I want you to bring up people. I want you to bring up people. Yes. If you're overseeing churches, don't let the churches be in be left in classroom forever and in the sun forever. Build churches for them. Bring up the people. Bring them up. But you see, often we, 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 we want to be very high, very exalted and everybody else must be in the sun so that they can respect us. They can always koto. I hear you go home. May your ministry not be depleted in the name of Jesus. Receive higher wisdom. Become a better leader in the name of Jesus. Receive the spirit of an excellent leader. Number 12. To be barren is to be deserted. So what I'm doing is I'm showing you what barrenness means. By now, you should diagnose it in yourself. That actually, the reason why the church has not been growing is one of these reasons. That's made you barren. Amen. Number 14. A, a barren thing can be described as not being copious. 15. A barren land is a scanty land. 16. Barrenness is sometimes dullness. You are dull. Dull. A pastor must not be dull. Huh? 
and your ministry must not be down. Everything is old-fashioned. Nothing new. The curtain that was there seven years ago, the same curtain. Faded, torn, you have already seen it. Same chairs, same chair arrangement. Same people sitting in the front. Whether they come or not. Some are dead, buried, gone. You have reserved your seat. The whole church is dull. You are dull in your appearance. You are dull in your preaching. There's no excitement. There's no attraction. You must be innovative. You must be innovative. You must do things that will bring life and brightness. Hmm? Hmm? The pastors. That scripture. Romans 8. And you know that all things work together. You know, pastors, listen to me. When it comes to church growth, there's not one thing that brings change. Many things work together because of church Many things. Including the state of your washroom. Yeah. Or you don't have washroom. Okay, you don't have washroom. So people come. You have a city church. Huh? City church. You don't have washroom. People have come. What should they do? So after coming, one, two, three, and suffering. They said, look, we like you. You can preach very well and all that. But this particular problem is it, it, something that, uh, you know, so let, let me find a place. So the only reason why the person left is the absence of washroom. Or you have it. But the way the place is, you are anointed. But a lot of things are needed to help the anointing for the church to work. Yeah. Including your appearance, your dressing, your mustache. When we see your mustache, we are afraid. Even when we come to church and our children see your mustache, they begin to scream. <laughs> but you preach very well. No, you preach very well. So trim the mustache. Trim your beard nicely. Are you here and go home? Hmm? When we are preaching, we like the preaching, but we didn't say that you should baptize us with, you know, spitting on all of us. We, we know that Jesus once took a spitting and healed someone. It doesn't mean that every day when we come, you should baptize us with that. So many things, pastors, so many things work together to make the church to work and to grow. Hallelujah. Amen? Number 17. A barren individual does not produce after his kind. A barren individual does not produce after his kind. God created, that's why God gave a seed to all living things. All living things have a seed. Because the seed contains a life. The ability to bring another life just like this seed. So there are pastors who don't produce other pastors. 
You don't produce other pastors. You don't produce other church workers. You like to accept other people's church workers or sometimes to coerce them. How much do they pay you there? Come, we'll give you something better. And before you realize, an orangu is sitting right at your right hand. Do you understand it? So, you must produce church workers. You must produce laborers, workers, pastors. Yeah. And when you don't, it is a sign of barrenness. In that area, you are barren. In that area, you are barren. The reason why some of you have not borne much fruit is because you are doing everything on your own. You don't have people to help. And the reason why you don't have people to help you is because you have not produced others. You have to produce. That is why trading leaders is one of the main jobs of a pastor. Training leaders. Training workers. A pastor's job is not for him himself to be doing the work. A pastor's job, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, alright, and he gave some apostles, give me NIV, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So the reason for the existence of apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, the ministry gates is the preparation of God's people. So the members that God has given to you, your work is to prepare them, to equip them, to train them, to bring them up so that they would do the work of the ministry. when you don't do that, you carry the burden of the ministry alone. Yeah. The work of praying. The work of winning souls. The work of church planting. Missions. Administration. Different aspects of the ministry cannot be done by you alone. Yeah. When Jethro visited Moses and saw him sitting from morning till evening judging the people all by himself, he said, the thing that that duet is not good. It's not good. It's not good. This is one of the most powerful church good keys. Training of workers. Training of workers. If you want your church to grow, your ministry to grow, 
you must train people all the time and release them. Release them to go and do the work. Multiply yourself in them. The principle of the multiplied senior pastor. Amen? Number 18. Bionist speaks of wanting or, or needing the power of conception. When we are barren, it speaks of wanting or needing the power of conception. May God give you the power of conception. Receive the power of conception for your ministry. Number 19. Barren places are impoverished. Barren places are poor. When you don't bring forth fruit, you'll be poor in the ministry. Ministry also needs money. Yes. Yes. Ministry also needs money. And when the ministry is bigger, it helps. There are many of us here that God has given you beautiful visions, different things that, you know, God has asked you to do. To add on to the ministry. The core ministry. Maybe an orphanage, hospital, ministry, something. But you've not been able to do it. You've not been able to do it. Because the ministry is small. And I've been small for a long time. It has made you poor. Wow. Break out in the name of Jesus. Break out of smallness. I said break out of smallness. Receive the power of conception. Receive the power of conception in the name of Jesus. And finally, barrenness, barren places are untillable. Now, so, let's move on and look specifically at barrenness in the church. Barrenness can be said to exist in a church if any of the following exists. Barrenness can be said to exist in a church if any of the following exists. I told you that God has brought us to a teaching hospital. How many of you feel that God has brought you to a hospital? You and your church, you have come to a teaching hospital. Yeah. Because the problem has to be diagnosed before we can be helped. So God is diagnosing the problem. So, how can you know, see, 
that there is barrenness in the church. Number one, if there is no growth in the number of your church members, if there is no growth in the number of your church members, so this year, and last year, and two years ago, and three years ago, has there been growth? Has there been growth? In the members, 2013, you have 10 members. Did you add on in 2015 and 2016 and 2017? And have you added on this year? When there is no growth in the number of members, that is why I was telling you, you must keep data. Number two, if there are no converts or no growth in the number of converts, it shows that you are suffering from barrenness. If there are no converts, which means that there must be converts, there must be converts, your church is not there to produce money or to sell yams or use clothing. Is that what your church is for? Your church is there to churn out souls. That is why it's amazing to see that pastors do not do altar calls anymore. And pastors do not preach salvation anymore. And pastors are not interested at the end of the service. Thank God you have blown air on all your members. They have all fallen down. And they have gotten back on their feet. They have given their offerings. But how many people have entered the kingdom? Next one. If there's no growth in church attendance, I am talking about, listen to what I'm saying. Barrenness can be said to exist in a church if any of the following exists. If there is no growth in the normal in the church attendance, there's no growth. There's no growth. It means that your church right now, as you are sitting here right now, all right, eh, your church is suffering from barrenness. You are barren. Your church is barren. Your church is sterile. Scant. It's a wasteland. Yes. Which means that, I listen to me, we are in September. So, what was the attendance in January? What was the attendance in February? And what was the attendance in April? It means you must be monitoring. You must be monitoring. Monitoring of the attendance must be of importance to you. Write it down. 
monitoring of my church attendance must be of utmost importance to me. Don't say people, people came. I don't want you to use this expression again after this conference. People came. We know people came. It was not goats or sheep or uh, cows who came. People. We know. But how many came? How many came? When you watch uh, this European leagues, football leagues, as the match is going on towards the end, they announce the number of people in the stadium. They announce it. They announce it. It is standard practice. Everybody is announcing. Politicians have a rally. They announce how many people attended. Only don't count like the way they count. They are, we don't know why, where they got from, but they say it. Everybody. And we, the pastors, we are not interested in how many came. You must be interested. You must. Because it shows you what is happening in the church. Is the church growing? Is the church not growing? Is it going up? Is it decreasing? Is it the same level? It helps you. We monitor our attendance week to week. And not even only in the Sunday service. Any small group meeting, the attendance is taken. Cell meetings, attendance is taken. Very important. So when the number of members is not increasing in your church, it is a sign. It's a sign. That there is barrenness in the church. How many of you understand that? If there is no growth in the number of full time staff, especially when the ministry becomes more established. Now, when, when the ministry has just started, you have a, a little ministry, you don't need that. Okay? But the time comes that having full-time stuff becomes important because it helps for the ministry to expand even further. Like if you want to do missions, there are places that you can't send volunteers. You have to send people who dedicate their lives fully for that. Amen. Next one. If there is no baptism or no growth in the number of people baptized, it's a sign that barrenness exists in your church. If you don't baptize people, so is baptism important. What did Jesus say? Say, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Huh? Yes. He that believeth and is baptized. The Ethiopian eunuch when he got converted, he saw water. He, he himself has said, hey, there's water here. What prevents me to baptize? And the more people you are baptizing, it also shows your effort at 
getting people saved and established. You are interested in the establishment of the people in the church and in the kingdom. You are interested in their spiritual development. Can I have an amen? You are not interested in just letting them give offerings. And praying for their houses and their wives and their cars. But also in their spiritual development. Hallelujah. Next one. If there's the absence of healings and miracles, that is also a form of barrenness. Because Jesus says, these signs shall follow those who believe. And when he sent the disciples in Matthew chapter 10, he said, when you go preach, but don't only preach, eh? heal the sick. And the deaf and the lame raise up the dead. Freely have you received, freely give. So, Pastor, you cannot become eh, a classroom teacher in the ministry. Your ministry must be different from that of a classroom teacher. We're just teaching mathematics and, and geography and social studies, you know, and after that, disperses the sheep. Signs and wonders and miracles and the demonstration of the power of God is also important. Can I have an amen? Huh? Yes. Oh, yes. It's also important. Your church that has not grown for 25 years if there is news in your town that you have raised up two people from the dead. Receive miracle power in the name of Jesus. Yes. Stop criticizing people of power. I said stop criticizing people of power. If you don't have power, don't criticize them. You have turned yourself into a classroom teacher. Your ministry must become like the minister of Jesus. Jesus did not only preach and teach, but Jesus went about preaching, teaching, and healing all that were sick. All manner of diseases. Yeah. There must be miracles, signs, and wonders at your church and in your ministry. It's part of it. The absence of that is a form of barrenness. And it affects the growth of your church. There must be testimonies in your church. Every Sunday, the faith of people will rise. The faith of people. Just this Saturday, we're having a huge program. The lady in church, I sent for her. And I showed her something. I said, do this in the church. He said, Bishop, I'll do it. I'll do it on Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. Yes. This is Saturday. Sunday. I was just about to go.
go into the public. And then announcement was made. Driver of car number so and so rushed the car back. You have left your child in the car and locked the car. Do you know who that person was? This lady. Elderly lady who suffered to have a little baby. And came to the church of a five-year-old girl. Left. When the little girl was taken out, she was soaked. And I looked at her and said, when I called you, that call, that call, I asked you to do this for the church. That was She was shaking. All of us were shaking. All of us were shaking. But you see, her faith is strengthened. And when the church member said it, their faith was strengthened. You cannot just be saying, open to John, open to Philippians, open to this thing, open, let's take your offering and go. No, that is why members are leaving your church in groups. They are looking for something that you don't have. I'm saying they are looking for something you don't have. Don't criticize anybody. Rise up and also become an anointed man who doesn't only teach and preach, but who also demonstrates the power of God. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Yeah. Jesus said it. Pray for the sick. Raise up the dead. Pray for the dumb, the lame. You have all these people sitting in your church. And we are saying they should open to. We have open to, we are very happy, but we have problems. We have problems. And it is affecting the growth of your church. Hallelujah. Huh? Yes. I have special meetings when I pray for the sick. Sundays we preach and teach and encourage. We have special meetings. It's important. Say, everybody come. Today, we are praying for the sick. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. Come here. I stand before the congress and say, I am your prophet. I'm your prophet. I'm your prophet. Don't go anywhere. There's no prophet anywhere. I'm your prophet. Stand here. I'm going to pray for you. You're going to be healed. I'm going to pray for you. God is going to hear you. Turn yourself into an apostle, into an evangelist, into a teacher, into a prophet, into a pastor in your church. See some of you, your members who don't come to church, you don't know where they are. You say Sunday they didn't go, to, they didn't come to church. They went to church. 
Only they come to your place once a month and go to other places. How many of you know that? Wow. Next one. If there is no growth in the number of leaders in the church, it is a sign of barrenness. Next one. If there is no increase in the knowledge of God, your people are not growing in the knowledge of God. They are only growing the knowledge of money and houses and cars and visas. But not in the knowledge of God. Can't quote scriptures. Are not spiritual. They are not interested in witnessing soul winning outreaches. Let's go out and go and do evangelism. They don't come. But let's come and pray for our visitors. They come in their numbers. They don't know God. They are not growing. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. But thou grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our people must grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are having members sitting down who, who cannot even open the Bible. They don't even come to church with Bibles. You must tell them, come to church with a Bible. Come. Open to the scriptures. Help them to learn scriptures. Every Sunday, before we close the service, all of us, there's a memory verse. We go through it. I stand there. I said, before we go, let's all learn this verse. At least let's go through it. And let's go home and continue to think about it. Teach them to rise up at dawn to study the Bible on their own. Our people don't study the Bible. We are leading a group of Christians that are Christians by name. When they sneeze, they have to call you. Several years ago, I had a, a church member, take tall guy. Even when you see him, you run away, continue, he'll come and beat you. He called me in the middle of the night one time. Very, very agitated. You know, I think he was seeking uh, some kind of political office. And that his opponent has threatened to kill him. Like use whatever power. And I said, look. But you and him who has power. You and him who has power. For life and death lies in the power of the tongue. So if he says that he's going to kill you. You better rather intend the brother you are warned. Don't say what you are saying. Because if I reverse the thing, if I reverse, if I if I open my mouth and I reverse the thing, something bad will happen to you. But but you rather take tall man is about he was take tall, but not the light. 
light. We are leading a group of scriptureless, prayerless, powerless, Jesus Christ knowledgeless, Bible knowledgeless people in the church. They are running around everywhere. They don't give offerings in your church. Or they don't give much. But they pay offerings. They pay. To be told things. And to be prayed for. That is why we must equip them with the word of God. And teach them that the word is the, is the sword of the spirit with which they can fight all the fairy darts of Satan. Eh? So where there is no increase in the knowledge of God, you are having this, you know, child Christians walking around crying every day. It is a, it is a sign of Spiritual barrenness. How many of you can understand that? That's one. If there's no growth in the depth of relationships. That's one. If there's no growth in the number of visions and dreams given by the Holy Spirit or none at all. In other words, the, 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 the fruit of the spirit doesn't operate in the church. No prophecies, no word of wisdom, no word of knowledge, no dreams. Bishop, hmm? when we're growing up, I see you meeting. I remember, you know, I started attending SU very late. But one of the things that really, you know, at that time I would say amazed, because I didn't understand it, that attracted me, was this brother who would rise up and speak in tongues. Oh, beautiful. Eh? And begin to interpret. It was amazing to me, and that's what the scripture says. That when the unbelievers come in and they see that, and they see the secrets of their lives being revealed, they will see that there's God here. We must have the gifts of the Spirit back into the church. Back. No, think about it. When was the last time you know somebody stood up in your church? Makali Sunday. That said alone, and we're all quiet. Why is it? Something is going wrong, pastors. They are making WhatsApp. They are WhatsApping as we are preaching. Eh? <laughs> making calls. On their tablets, chatting, 
Father, send us revival in the name of Jesus. Let there be times of refreshing. Send us times of refreshing. May there be times of refreshing in your church. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Clap your hands for the Lord. Amen. Next one. Remember that if these things exist in your church, it means there's barrenness there. That's what we are talking about. I've explained to you what barrenness is and now showing you in the church how it actually manifests. Next one. If there is no program to send out missionaries or to increase the number of missionaries sent out, it means that there is barrenness. Because you are not thinking about the Great Commission. You are not thinking about the Great Commission. The key to fulfilling the Great Commission is church planting. It's missionary work. Yes. So, in our churches, we should also be thinking about sending others to other places. To other places. To spread the way. To expand the kingdom. To spread the way and to expand the kingdom. And there must be a program, an intentional way of producing such people. That's one. If there's no growth in the finances of the church, it means there's barrenness. A pastor should be interested in the income of the church. And if I get enough time, one of the things that I'd like to teach you is how to, to improve the income of your church. Yeah. Pray that I get enough time. Amen. A pastor must be interested. You must be interested. If you are not interested in the income of your church, it means you are not thinking about the ministry. Or you don't have a vision. You don't have a vision. Yeah. I mean, like somebody said, you are doing church. Do you want to plant churches? Do you want to build churches? Do you want to train pastors? Do you want to send people on missions? Do you want to have para uh, church ministry? Do you want to have conferences? You know, as we are sitting now here, you have no idea what it means to sit down. You have been seeing the billboards. Yeah, those of who know the price of renting and mounting billboards, 
and then you see them all over. You multiply. That is just one face. Then you go to radio. Then you go to this. Then you go to this. Then you go to this. And I always say it's free of charge. Did I give you uh, a book when you registered? I said I should give you a book. How to pray. Yes. Pastors, this year at this conference, is every year I tell you something that I want you to do. I want you to pray. I want you to pray. Thank you. I don't know why you didn't clap for that. You will not you, listen to me carefully. You will not have a large church if you can't pray. Forget it. Forget it. That's why I gave you this book. How to pray. If, if you ask me, if you ask me what I'd like to do, I'd just like to Dr. Cho says that there are four important things that leads to church growth. Number one, good church administration. Number two, the cell system. Number three, good sermon. Number four, prayer. So they asked him, if you have to drop one of these, which one will you drop? He said, I'll drop church administration. I'll be left with cell system, good sermon, and prayer. And they said, what about these three? If you have to drop one, which one will you drop? He said, I'll drop the cell system. I'll be left with good sermon and prayer. And they asked him, these two, if you have to drop Good sermon and prayer. Which one will you drop? He said, I'll drop good sermon. He said, he said, the only thing that I'll never drop is prayer. Yeah. I believe we'll get an opportunity to talk about prayer. So, you are blessed. And for the past nine years, the Church God Conference has been free. You don't need to do anything. Next year, God willing, will be ten years. Tenth anniversary. And I think that's good. So that one, I'm going to ask you to bless us. So I'm going to call Bishop Sandro and say, Bishop Sandro, send me some, something from, by that time, Brexit has worked, so Send me something. Help. Amen. How many of you will give something next year? Next year. Yes. Nine years, nothing. I said, bless me. Jesus said, freely. Minister Sabi, freely have you received. Freely gave. Hallelujah. Wow. Is there a blessing? How many of you are blessed so far? Are you blessed so far? Wow. Hmm? So what was I talking about before I diverted into that? 
Sorry? No. Finances. Yeah. So be interested. Be interested. In the growth of the finances. So you can do more for the Lord. Can I have an amen? amen. Can I have an amen? amen? All right. But make sure you don't misuse the church's finances. Next one. If there's no increase in the number of scriptures, you know. You are suffering from scriptural barrenness. A pastor's preaching is different from Anansi's story. Or a combination of word salads. Just words that you are putting together and speaking. You have spoken for 30 minutes. No scripture. No. Hmm? Yeah. There must be scriptures. One time a pastor was preaching and after a while a church member said pastor. He lifted up his hand and the pastor said yes. Pastor let me give you an advice. Never allow your member to ask a question when you are preaching. Never. So he said yes. Then he spoke with you. He said so for preaching I will preach now. And one on about my verses in come. My verses my verses and come. My verses and come. My verses in come. Which means, Pastor, you are on course. You are preaching with my hard verses. Because the member read that, look, we don't know whether you are telling us. What type of story are you telling us? That is why a pastor must continually study the scriptures. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman which needed not to be ashamed of the way but rightful dividing the way of truth steady to show thyself approved unto God steady to show thyself approved unto God hallelujah Paul said that and I when I came unto you did not come unto you with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but I came in the demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith will not dwell in me. Are you getting that? Very important. One time, there was a lady pastor and the, and the child told the overseer of the pastor, I said, my, my, my mother doesn't read the Bible until she's going to preach. And many pastors don't read the Bible. We must read the Bible for ourselves, not to go and preach. For ourselves. My personal Bible study that I am, I am doing has nothing to do with what I'm preaching. I woke up today. I studied the scriptures. Bishop. Matthew chapter 6 verses 1 to 4. 
Jesus said, when you give, give not like the scribes and the Pharisees who give it in the, you know, in the streets and in the synagogues for all men to show them glory, but do it in secret. I, I was thinking about it. I think about it. You see, and the Lord was showing that anything that, and, and he said, for they have no reward in heaven. They have received their reward already. Hey! So, the Lord was showing that anything that I am doing, that I want people to see, so that I receive glory, okay, of men. I've already received my, so I have no reward. So, if nine years of church growth conferences, it's all to receive the glory of men. Eh? Reverend Obelvisa, can you imagine that? I've received all my rewards already. It has nothing to do with the barrenness I'm preaching to you. It was for me. Pastors, you must study the scriptures. You must. Hmm? The Bible said that Apollos was eloquent in the scriptures. Eh? Was it Epaphras or something? The Bible said he was mighty in the scriptures. Mighty in the scriptures. Stop telling stories. Stop telling stories. What are the scriptures? You don't read the Bible. Pastor, church workers, church workers. And you know, preaching without the word has no power. No, it has no power. Because the word is a person. The word is a person. His name is called Jesus Christ. And the power is resident in him. When you speak, you are speaking him. You are revealing him. And his presence brings the power, the conviction to the hearts of the people. How how many of you realize honestly that our people are not changing? They are not changing. And, And you wonder, why don't they change? So your personal growth in scriptures and you should not be too old not to study scriptures. I realize that it is not easy for me now to memorize scriptures at its use because I said try. 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 And those of you who are younger Pastors, and you know, this is the time. Now, this is the time for you to study the scriptures. You are more of a political commentator than a revelator of the word of God. You know so much about Accra House of Folk from their old place in 1960 something to now. How many coaches? Nobody beats you in that.
Hello? And as the shepherd, so are the sheep. So if we are like this, as for the members, yeah, Charlie. That is why they are being blown about by every wind of doctrine and by the slight of men. And we are complaining. Why did you follow such a person? Because some of the some of the things that our members are falling to, you, you wonder that as a Christian, why did you allow somebody to deceive you that way? But you see, they don't have the scriptures and they don't understand the scriptures because we have not taught them. David said, it was good for me that I was afflicted. And I will know your command. But don't, don't wait until you are afflicted. <laughs> no, don't wait. And you are afflicted. And the knowledge of the scriptures makes your preaching and your teaching better. And it leads to growth. It leads to growth. Now, in Acts chapter 6, the apostle said, it is not meet for us to leave the laws uh, uh, to save tables. They said, let us look for men. Let's give this to them. And then we'll give ourselves continue to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Then something happened. Look at Acts chapter 6 and verse 6. Verse 6. Whom they said before the apostles. Then you can go to verse 5. And they said, please the whole multitude of, of please the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost and Philip and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. Verse 7. Watch this. And the word of the Lord increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied. And the word of the Lord increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied. The increase of the word of God goes with the growth of the church. Give the Lord a better clap offering. And the word of God increased and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. As they had time to give themselves to the ministry of the way, it changed their teaching ministry. It changed their preaching ministry. Yeah. They became more anointed. Their preaching became more, you know, was able to bring more conviction. And growth came. You know? Pastors. Pastors. I listen to me. Listen to me. In the church, your greatest weapon for growth is your preaching. The number one reason why people come to your church is because of your preaching. There are three top reasons why people join a particular church. Number one, the charisma of the pastor. Number two, the friendships and the relationships that they build when they come to the church. Number three, the sermon, the preaching. 
When you go back to your church, do your own small research. Do your own small research. You will find out that of these reasons that I've mentioned, okay, they will say, Pastor, you preach. I like your preaching. That's why they, that's how they put it. I like your preaching means that your preaching affects me. One time, Dr. Cho, it was winter, very cold. He disguised himself. You see, his church is so large that the people are so far from him that many of them don't even know him. So he disguised himself and joined the queue. Sunday, they have seven services. Joined the queue to wait for the next service in the cold. So he was asking the people, ah, but it's very cold. Why, why are you standing in the, in, the, in the cold? Can't you go to another place? There are other churches. And the people will look at him and say, well, are you new here? Aunt? Are you new? Are you new? Then they will tell him, wait until we enter and you hear our pastor preaching. You wait. You know why we are standing here. That is why they say it is not made for us eh, to leave and set tables. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the way. A pastor must give yourself to the ministry of the way. The study of the scriptures. Are we going to go home? In the tabernacle ministry. Whenever the priest entered the holy place, he had to put fresh shoe bread. Every time. Every time. He had to interact with bread. Bread is the word of God. He had to interact with the word of God every time. So, pastor, give yourself to the study of the scriptures. Catch revelation. When was the last time you jumped up in your study. Ah! And your wife asked, what is wrong? He said, oh. no, 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 no. What? It has happened to me many times. It was a revelation that caused the explosive growth in this church. Most of you have shared, shared a story many times and caused the church to move from 250 people, even less, because we have dropped to about 140, 150, to thousands that were having five services on Sunday. Revelation. I jumped up and I called Pastor Richard. Why is he? Is he here? Uh, yeah, yeah, this one. Do you remember? Do you remember that call? That I called him. This is. This is um, about October, September, October 2008. I said, Pastor Richard, we are going back to sales. We are going back. I was reading Revelation chapter 3. Called the Revelation. Fish. That is why you must, you must hear and see. You must listen to messages. Do you understand it? And read books. And watch videos as a pastor. They help you to understand the scriptures better. Books help you 
to understand the scriptures. You know, if you take someone like Bishop Dad, his books are, you know, point scripture explanation. So you are actually reading scriptures as you are reading the books. Rarely will he you see him saying something there. There's no scripture. It's a scripture. One or two scriptures, three scriptures. So when you read, it helps you to understand the scriptures. May God give you the appetite for the word of God. Receive appetite for the word of God. Receive hunger 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 for the word of God. In the name of Jesus. Are you gone? Listen down. If there is no growth in your experience in the ministry, experience in the ministry. Next one. If there's the absence of or no growth in the outreaches of the church, we'll talk much more about that. Next one. If there's no growth in the length and depth of your prayer or no prayer at all. Next one. If there's no increase in challenges and mountains to overcome. There must be challenges and mountains. But as I'm standing here, I, I'm, I'm, I'm having a building project. Eesh. I was talking to one of my friends recently. He said, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. Project. Wow. Hmm? Even the fact that the ministry is not growing. How can you sleep so soundly? The ministry is not working. And you can sleep so soundly. You have erections every day, every night. How can you have erections? Your ability to have erection comes from certain chemicals that are produced from the brain. And because the ministry is not working and you are worried and you are depressed. Do you understand it? Your erections must be off. So the fact that you are having always in the night, Cecilia should come close, Cecilia should come close, is a sign that you are not worried enough about the ministry. And Cecilia should tell you, man of God, get up and go and pray. Get up and go and pray. Stop this. Let's be serious. Come close, Cecilia. Next one, if there's no growth in understanding. And finally, if there's no growth in fellowships and branches. So, what we have done at this first session is that we have tried to understand what is happening in the church. Barrenness. What is it? How can we find barrenness? You know, and uh, we are going to move on. I'm now going to show you the different types of barrenness that exist. The very different types and how you can tackle every one of them. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a wonderful clap offering.
Lift up your hands. Oh, yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. We believe you have been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Anakazo Assemblies Cathedral of Fakor Kaswa. Please note our service times. Sunday 9.30 a.m. Jesus Encounter Service. Monday to Friday 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. Glory Encounter R. There's an all night the last Friday of every month. There's also counseling sessions from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. daily from Tuesday to Friday. For prayer, counseling, and further inquiries, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again, 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. God bless you.